Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And a good morning. Well, maybe not. Birds fans, <laughs> this is Birds 365. Hello, good morning, Jody. Sure? sure? If we're not? breathing it, does that make yeah. it a good morning, exactly. Jody Mac? Exactly. It's the holiday season. Come on. Okay. It's not the end of the world. It's a bad football game. It was a bad football game. And the reason why I'm even debating on whether it was a good morning or not, I looked down at my sheet and saw this is... Episode number 165 of Birds 365. You and I have been doing this solid for uh, several months now. And we went through the prep to the draft and then the lead up to camp. And uh, you're running down to the Novacare complex and watching the guys run around in shorts on a day-in, day-out basis into the preseason, into the start of the regular season with a win, but then a drop-off and a couple of butt-kickings, and the Eagles actually getting an identity and winning a bunch of games. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, Johnny Mac, of the previous 164 Birds 365 shows that we've done, I think this is the most disappointing one. I think this is the toughest day to do. And they got their tail kicked uh, some games early in this season. But because at least, and I'm talking about just for myself here, I started to buy the hype. I started to buy into that they can do that. They can run the football down other teams' throats and be able to compete and make a playoff run. You know, I gave you all the scenarios. I put in friggin' 45 minutes of matching records between the Eagles and the Cowboys last week to come up with a scenario whereby that last game of the season could be for the NFC East. It all goes for naught when you lose to the New York Giants. Yeah, and I'm a little bit different. I tried to steer clear of the Cowboys and NFC East talk because they're just a more talented team. And ultimately, that's my thought process. Look, you know, and I think maybe it's a little bit ironic that you're at MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands, not, uh, you know, the complex is used to be the home of Bill Parcells all those years. And he's the one famous for saying you are what your record says you are. And my point with that is, 
you're five and six team, you're five and six team. Don't act like you're an eight win team. Don't act like you're a nine win team. Inconsistency is part of it. That's the reason that's what, what differentiates good teams from bad teams. Um, and you can't go into a game feeling you're superior over anybody in the NFL or you're going to get punched in the face. I got a lot of that. I got that feeling from the Eagles that they're, you know, the Giants are in disarray. We talked about it all week, firing the offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. Then the story comes out, which isn't really a story. Everybody knows it's probably the end of Dave Gettleman uh, with the Giants as the GM uh, on the morning of the game. Uh, they have a ton of injuries. Uh, all their playmakers uh, are, are basically either banged up or not playing. Uh, and uh, the Eagles, I thought, went into this game with two goals. Let's win the game, obviously, number one. I'm not saying that's number one, but number two, let's evolve this offense. Let's try some different thing. Let's get this thing going. Let's start to improve for bigger tests down the line. No, you just got to go out and win the football game the best way you can. And they were unable to do that. And they still had opportunities. I mean, they should have won it. Uh, amazingly, if Jalen Rager can hang on to the football on two different occasions. And who knows? I mean, the second one, he's probably coming down at the one-yard line. So you got to rush up. You, But you're going to have a one or two opportunities to win the game um, if, you know, you get up and spike the ball. Uh I I just thought thought they were feeling themselves. And I always say in the NFL, you've heard me say this, Jody, you can talk yourself into things. The Giants, as bad as they are, they have a lot of good players. And you saw Dexter Lawrence create the fumble. Leonard Williams is a really good player. James Bradbury is a really good player. They had a really good plan. From moment one, they came out with two defensive linemen and four linebackers, and they tried to confuse Jalen Hurts. And guess what? They confused Jalen Hurts. So you got to give Patrick Graham a lot of credit. And, oh, by the way, other teams are going to be looking at that film and looking at how Patrick Graham uh, played defense against Jalen Hurts, and he's going to see it again, and they're going to make him uh, figure it out. Um, that's what this league is. And I've, I've been saying it. They went about it different. I mentioned that Miami game against Baltimore. Um, I mentioned the Antoine Winfield game, as I call it, Antoine Winfield Sr., once somebody comes up with a way to to stop a mobile quarterback or at least limit a mobile quarterback, and in this case, Julian Love was pretty honest after the game. One of the Giants' defensive backs flat out said, guess what? We wanted him to throw the football. That's the most concerning part for me. Not losing. You know, you're still in it. San Francisco beat Minnesota, as I expected. Minnesota's the last team in in the playoff hunt. They would be the seventh seed today. They're a half game ahead of the Eagles. Their whole defensive line is out. Gone. Oh, poof. It's gone. They're done. It, they could easily still make the playoffs. I'm more concerned about the bigger picture, to be honest. The bigger picture being, yeah, these are the Eagles. And if... You're right, and you had a sense of it because you were in the stadium. You don't really get a chance to talk to the players prior to the game. You get a feeling uh, of them after the game. Hey, uh, it's tough for me to be harsh today. I'm going to do it because that's my job. But it's tough to be harsh because 
I was smelling Eagles too, absolutely last week. And I picked them, you picked them, we both picked them to win by more than a touchdown yesterday. So we bought the hype ourselves a little bit. If that was the case, and they came in a little too high on themselves coming into the game, each and every individual player has to look themselves in the mirror. How much of this is on the coaching staff? that They, they couldn't sense that. <laughs> Before the game started, they couldn't cut that off at the pass. They couldn't keep that from playing itself out on the field over 60 minutes. How much do we look at Nick Sirianni and his staff and go, wait a minute, how did you guys not let this happen? If we can correctly say, yeah, the Eagles came in too high on themselves before the game. Well, I don't, I don't know if you can. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, it's just human nature. I call them human nature games. I did say, look, the, the only way they're going to lose this game is if they come in with their C game. If they come in with their A game, they're going to win. But if, you, if you're not on your P's and Q's in the NFL, somebody's going to pop up and beat you, even if they look really bad. And I think that's what happened to the Eagles, unfortunately. And that's why we go back, when I go back to the Bill Parcells quote, that's why you're five and six. That's why there's inconsistencies. You know, that kind of stuff happens to everybody, but it doesn't happen to good teams as much uh, where they, you know, you're, you're again, you're under 500 and you're acting. People are talking about running the table. And, and by the way, I don't think the Eagles felt that way. I don't think they're looking at, oh, we're going to run. I think that was more of, you know, media fan driven whatever, whichever one I know who the fans want to blame. Um, but, you know, either way, come on. You knew you knew it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen against this team on this week, but I knew it was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen against Washington or maybe even the Giants here when things settled down a little bit for that organization. Uh, but I knew they were going to have one of these games because they're a young football team, and that's what happens. It happens everywhere in this league. You see it all the time. All right. We got to point the finger of guilt at a whole bunch of Eagles today. We're going to do just that. No shortage of that. Over the course of today's two hours and tomorrow's two hours, at some point we'll start to turn our attention to another trip up the turnpike and a game against the Jets, who found a way to win a game yesterday, uh, which the Eagles didn't do. Uh, but at the top of the list are the two Jalens, Rager and Hertz. Let's go Rager first. Uh, yes, the last ball he absolutely has to catch. I'm sorry. You get extended up in the air, clear of the defender, both hands on the football. You have to come down with it. He didn't. There's a reason for that. He's not a good player. It doesn't matter where the Eagles took him. It doesn't matter whether it was a Doug Peterson pick or a Howie Roseman pick or a Jeff Lurie pick. Whoever picked them, it is irrelevant at this point. This kid can't play. And uh, most of the blame, of course, goes to him. Uh, part of the blame goes to Jalen Rager because he chose uh, uh, Jalen Hurd because he chooses to throw the ball to him. But part of the blame also goes to Nick Sirianni. Because he's still got him out there. He's got him on the field. And if he's in the play and he's running a pattern and your quarterback chooses to throw him the ball and he refuses to catch it, that's <laughs> on you, coach. Yeah. Why is Jalen Rager out there as often as he is 
to give Jalen Hurts the chance to make a mistake and throw him the football. Yeah, I'm with you at this point with Jalen Rager. And yeah, look, he's I, I think you're right. And he's a great athlete who is not a good football player. Um, you know, he, he has all the requisites. We always talk about a draft time. He can run. He's got the huge vertical. Every once in a while, the athleticism will shine through, like the punt return for a touchdown. But he can't run routes. He can't catch the football consistently. He's not an effective player in an NFL offense. And, you, you know, at some point, you got to raise your hands and say, all right, this guy's not producing. Now, part of the problem is you don't have anybody to replace him, but I don't care. I don't care if it's Sean Hightower. I don't care if it's Keyshawn Johnson. Forget about J.J. Arthur, Whiteside, and Greg Ward. All right, those guys, if you think those guys are worse than Jalen Rager, well, that tells you all you need to know about those guys. So try somebody else. Go to the practice squad. Sign somebody off somebody else's practice squad. they got to give you more production. They literally have to give you more production. Um and it's very difficult, we know, for GMs to do this type of thing. But this this organization has been slowly uh, lobbying behind the scenes for a long time now that that was a coaching staff pick. So they've already been trying to distance themselves from Jalen Rager. And that tells you all you need to know. I mean, you're trying to distance yourself. You might as well distance yourself. Um, it's time. It's time to bench him to be honest. And if you want to come up with a reason, a hamstring strain, an ankle tweak, do whatever you have to do. But get somebody on the field that can help you at least a little bit. And, you know, they play J.J. a little bit more uh, as a blocking receiver. He had another catch, which is, you know, something. Uh, Greg, your guy, Greg Ward, had an opportunity at the goal line. I'm not sure. Some people said it was a drop. You probably had a better look than me. Um, I don't know, uh, but clearly they don't think he's effective. Uh, I, I, this this wide receiver position has been an issue all year outside Devontae Smith, and they need a veteran, and I, I that's that's the way they have to go about it, but that's for the offseason. There's not much you can do at this stage. Correct. Uh, let me tell you about Greg Boyd. And you know I'm the president of the Greg Ward fan club, but this is going to come off sounding like uh, it's just Jody's overall bias toward Greg Ward. I'm wiping the slate clean. This is just Jody McDonald, the objective football uh, observer. I like Mike Mark, uh, Sklareth, the ex-Bronco, ex-ESPN guy, now Fox uh, play caller. Um, I think he does a pretty good job. I think he's good at it. We get different guys every single week, unlike with basketball and hockey and baseball, where you listen to the hometown guys every single week. If you turn down the sound on your TV and listen to Mike and Merrill, more power to you. If not, you're subjected to whoever that broadcast outlet chooses to have do your games on the given day. He said that the ball that Greg Ward uh, made a play on in the end zone, should have been caught. If I remember correctly, Mark Sklareth was a offensive lineman <laughs> in the National Football League. Yeah, I don't remember like... Mark Sklareth ever catching any ball that came his way. It was a short pass 
delivered as a bullet, which Greg Ward had to leave his feet and fully extend just to get his fingertips on, and he couldn't come down with the ball. As compared to Jalen Rager, who went up, all he had to do was jump straight up, got both hands clean, and didn't come down with the football. One was a drop. One was a bad play. One was an unfortunate, he couldn't come up with a highlight-type catch. The fact that some people go, Greg Ward dropped the touchdown. But no, he didn't. Jalen Hurts threw the ball about six inches off the ground, a fastball from short range, and Ward couldn't uh, grasp it with his overly extended fingers. That's completely unfair. And by the way, when was the last time Greg Ward was uh, targeted? Week four? Week six? Somewhere thereabouts? He hadn't even had the ball thrown his way in a month and a half. Jalen Rager had six opportunities to make a play prior to that play at the end zone. So please don't compare those two things. Don't say, well, Rager dropped the touchdown pass and Ward dropped the touchdown pass. No, they didn't. They were not even close to being the same thing. Uh, yeah, I still am rooting for Greg Ward. I think he deserves the reps that Jalen Rager has been getting next week. I'll take my chances with him over Jalen Rager every day of the week and twice on Sunday. If it goes to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I'll surely take him over Rager, but I wouldn't take him over Ward. The coach has got to do something. He cannot put Rager out there as many snaps next week as he did these past however. Yeah, I'm probably prepared to go the the John Hightower route or or even Deion Kane or Keyshawn Johnson, the receivers on the practice squad that we don't know much about. You know where the MetLife press box is, so – Basically, sure. Greg Ward's uh, back was to me, so we couldn't we couldn't see that play all that much at all. I do know Jalen Hurts was incredibly inaccurate um, in the first half as a whole, pretty much the entire game. But he 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 played pretty well on the final drive. That was about it. Um, so yeah, I mean he he doesn't throw the most catchable ball at times. Uh, no question about it. We've seen drops from Devontae Smith. I mean, we've seen drops from everybody uh, because this isn't Aaron Rodgers throwing the football. You know, I think on the final play, that which, you know, a lot of people are saying Devontae Smith was open, which he was for a very short window. And it was sort of coming off uh, a crossing route. They had double crossing routes underneath. And it was really flat to the to the quarterback. So, I mean, it would have had to have been a strike for him to hit Devontae Smith on that particular play. And he's just not capable of making that throw. So I kind of chuckle when people say, Devontae's open. Devontae, oh, he's, not, he's open for some quarterbacks, but he's not open for all quarterbacks. And I thought Jalen Hurts did a tremendous job of extending the play and waiting for somebody to clear and he finds his receiver in the middle of the field at essentially the goal line, as I said, probably would have been stopped at the one-yard line. He gets both hands on the football, and he doesn't make the catch. I, you know, first-round pick, sixth-round pick, undrafted free agent, uh, guy off the street. You're an NFL player. you got to make that catch. And if you don't make that catch, you got to take a seat on the bench. John, uh, I'm going to ask you if you take the game, which I'm sure you did, and you said you didn't have the best angle to see the Ward play. Please go back and watch it again. 
Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch the game. Could okay. could he have caught the ball? Yes. It would have been, in my account, a fairly amazing catch. It was a bad pass. He didn't save his quarterbacks, but uh, as compared to some of the Rager drops. And this is going to be one of those games where you're going to wish you had the all 22. Because in addition to the ball going Jalen Rager's way, seven, count them, seven times. Jalen Hurts chose to throw the ball to Jalen Rager seven times. And again, when you're watching it on TV, like 99.9% of our audience do, you only get to see what Fox chooses to show you. Um, So you can't tell where other players were on the field on those given plays when the ball goes Rager's way. But the fact that Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard only got the ball thrown to them seven times for the entire game to equate to the same number that Jalen Rager got targeted boggles my mind. Now, here's where I'll point the finger of guilt at, at least for myself, if you want to jump in and say so, uh, feel free. We've been over the last several weeks talking about someone else needs to catch the football for the Eagles other than Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard because – if they're not throwing it to Smith and Goddard, who the hell are they throwing it to? We kept harping on there needs to be a third and or a fourth and or a fifth option. You just can't do that. And I told you before the game, one of the things I liked about Giants, I didn't like much about the Giants at all, was their secondary. I think their secondary is actually pretty good, and I thought they could cover, and I thought they might make it difficult on, on the Eagles in the passing game. I don't know if they did or didn't. Without the all-22, you don't know if they didn't get open. Or did Devontae Smith and Goddard have bad games? Did they not get open? Did they not get separation? Did they not run good patterns? I don't know that. Maybe someone will ask the coach about that because they'll have watched the game tape by the time you guys get a chance to talk to them today. Did uh, Jalen Hurts just make a decision ahead of time? I got to spread the ball around, and that meant throwing it unsuccessfully to Jalen Rager. How the hell do Smith and Goddard combine for three well, catches? I, I, and I can tell yards? you, I can tell you right away, uh, and and this is where I brought up his name earlier in the show. Good, good game plan from Patrick Graham. Okay. He he was taking away Dallas Goddard. They were bracketing Dallas Goddard. Uh, so number one, they really wanted to take the tight end out of the football game and they had a mentality that okay this is he's going to be his default setting Jalen Hurts default setting on third down uh they took Dallas Goddard away um and as good as Dallas Goddard is as good as he has been this is not Devontae Adams this is not you know Stephon Diggs this is not even Devontae Smith, guys who can run routes and guys who can get open no matter what. Uh, tight ends, you got to, you know, if they're your top threat, you probably got an issue. So then you start talking about Devontae Smith. Devontae was pretty frustrated. And especially on the last play, he thought he was open again. I just tweeted the last play. So if everybody wants to go um, – go look at it on my Twitter account, J.F. McMullen, at J.F. McMullen. You can look at it. Devontae uh, is open for a very, very short period of time, and and the safety is over the top. 
And I mean, you got to get the football out on time. It's got to be delivered over the corner who's underneath. It's got to be a really nice throw in a tight window. Pretty easy for certain quarterbacks, and we all know who those quarterbacks are. I don't know if it was easy for Jalen Hurts yesterday. Uh, he was not accurate. Uh, so I think people are are overblown. I think, as I said, Jalen Hurts did a good job extending that play, did a good job, and at some point it's it's desperation. Oh, that guy's go open. It's fourth and ten. The clock's the waning seconds. I got to take my shot. Your receiver lets you down. They don't have another. They, they don't have a third option. We've been talking about this for weeks. It was gonna, it was gonna bite them. And Quez Watkins is not that third option. Is he better than Jalen Rager? Yeah. Is he a good third option on an NFL team? Not even close. Not even close. Um, so it, it's kind of, you know, do you want to make excuses for Jalen Hurts? Do you want to make excuses for Jalen Rager? It's probably easier to make excuses for Hurts. Um, this team is not equipped to, to come from behind for, for a lot of the reasons we're discussing. And when we talk about can you run, guess what? The Eagles ran for 200 yards. What up again, 200 again? Again. But what I what have I been saying, Jody? When you play football that way, the margin of error is very, very small. You saw the margin of error. Boston Scott rolling, rolling, fumble. Jalen Hurts, bad decision at the goal line at the end of the half. Take the field goal. Take Jake Elliott field goals, and you're up 6-3 instead of down 3-0. Margin of error, very small. Nate Herbig's got to play. Jason Kelsey gets hurt. Jack Triscoll gets hurt. Two holding calls. Oh, we're running the football. Here it comes back. Really, really small margin of error. You saw it. That is a very fair critique as to what happened yesterday. I don't want to get too far afield because we have to stay in a moment. As painful as the moment may be with yesterday's loss, uh, you just gave a pretty good rundown of where the Eagles sit wide receiver-wise. They got Devontae Smith, who may or may not have been open on that final play. We know he was only targeted three times yesterday for 22 yards on the two catches he had. Uh, just not good enough. But we have faith that he is a uh, star wide receiver in the making, if not already there. And then the Mojave Desert. Nothing <laughs> after Devonta Smith. Will the Eagles, with one of those three first-round draft picks this year, which, oh, by the way, uh, didn't help that the Dolphins found a way to win yesterday. The Eagles at least kept their pick viable with a loss. Uh, but the Colts also lost, so, uh, and uh, Carson Wentz played the entire game. And, oh, by the way, two big turnovers in the second half. That's the Carson we know and love here in Philadelphia. Um, does Howie Roseman at all have the nerve enough to go back and grab another wide receiver in the first round for the third consecutive year? I do not think he does. I do not think this. I think this team is sick and tired of young receivers and they are going to find somebody who already knows how to play and they're going to put them in there and they are going to go to the free agency route. They're going to have the ability to do it. 
And again, I you don't need a superstar. You need an, an all Sean Jeffrey type pre Liz Frank injury when he was playing through the uh, the shoulder injury and going to the Super Bowl. That's the type of player you want to get on the open market who knows how to play. And I know people don't want to hear that name, but uh, they, you know, the re- revisionist history forgets he was very successful early. Um, that's the type of player they have to go after. They have to go after a proven commodity who knows how to play. None, no more, no more of this developmental nonsense at that position. I hear you, but uh, that perfect guy might be very difficult to get. Uh, so uh, there are two ways that you address a position. One is via free, well, three, I should say, because Harry Roseman does pull an occasional trade, and that's another thing he's not bad at. Uh, but draft, trade, free agent, uh, yeah, if you get thwarted in one of the th- three or two of the three, then you must uh, turn around and acknowledge that you've got to go down a road again. Uh, and it might be via the draft this year with a wide receiver because nobody is going to argue after yesterday's game that the Eagles need to upgrade the wide receiver position. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Birds 365. Um, we'll continue to break down yesterday's game. We'll get our buddy Chris Franklin up a little bit later in the show. He, too, suffered through yesterday's uh, mess at the Met. No miracle at the Meadowlands. Just a flat-out mess at the Meadowlands. Almost a miracle. Semi-miracle. Do you even get credit for that? Do, do the powers that be even acknowledge an almost miracle? No. I think, I think no, that's kind of like certainly. being all... It's like being almost pregnant, John. Yeah, it's kind of a certainly not, especially and especially when you're playing that Giants team. I mean, there's that's a miracle you lost, is what that was. Yes, not not a not a good effort, not a good result. That's for damn sure. Yesterday at the Meadowlands or MetLife Stadium, call it what you want. Giants, uh, Eagles, going right back up there seven days from now. What's worse than losing to the Giants, losing to the Jets? Could that be the case? We shall see. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in on an ugly mo- I said the most depressing Monday, the most depressing of the 165 shows we've done here on Birds 365. Shame on me. I bought the hype. McMullen, not as much as me. He can, he can look at himself in the mirror. I can't. I bought the hype. I had the Eagles winning easy yesterday. We'll continue to break it down for you here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. We are the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. My partner, John McMullen, with me, Jody McDonald, uh, kind of trying to claw out of yesterday's, yeah, I'm going to say crushing. Again, uh, if I need to apologize, I'll continue to apologize. I got a little too hyped about the Eagles winning three out of four and doing it a little bit differently than most teams do, running the ball down people's throats. Thought they were going to be able to do that against the giant defense yesterday. And they did put up 200 yards rushing, but as John so uh, aptly put it in in, that, in the first uh, 25 minutes of the show, if you're going to do it that way, the margin of error, the amount of uh, care you must take of the football is daunting, and Eagles turned it over not once, not twice, not four times yesterday. Three Jalen Hurts interceptions and a very untimely uh, Boston Scott fumble, and that's why they lost uh, to the Giants. So we're breaking it all down for you. Um, but we're also getting sidetracked a little bit, and I'm going to let us get sidetracked again here because Jalen Rager just flat out killed them yesterday. Um, very catchable <laughs> he had ball. one nice catch. <laughs> he did uh, in the red zone. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, Back shoulder. Yeah. It's maybe the out. nicest uh, play of the game, offensive play of the game for the Eagles. And that's it is and what it is. That's a how, footnote. That's what you call a footnote, Jody. How sad is that footnote that that's yeah. the highlight play? Um, but uh, Rager is just absolutely killing the Philadelphia Eagles and the Eagle fans here on the stream and on Twitter, killing Greg Ward for not catching a touchdown. It was a near impossible catch. It was a bad throw that he made a good play just to even get his fingers on. But I digress. Um, we all well, agree. I think, you know, I think everyone defaults to is Devontae Adams going to make that catch? Yeah, probably. Is, uh, you know, some of the great receivers, you know, the Eagles. You want me, you want me to give about, you a guy who wasn't going to make that catch yesterday? 
Devonta Smith doesn't make that catch. Their their best wide That's receiver possible. doesn't make. Well, that yeah, catch. I don't I don't put Devonte in the category of the Devonte Adams yet. I no, mean, I think he might not. get there. I think he might get there. My only point is, you know, the top five receivers, top ten receivers. They're probably going to catch that ball. But again, you can't expect every receiver to be a top five or a top 10 receiver. I mean, uh, you know, it's if it's got to be a circus catch and it should be an easy catch, well, some of the blame's got to go to the quarterback as well uh, to throw a more catchable ball, to put it in a better position. Uh, I think that's fair. But I think it's also fair to say, Jody, that Craig Board is not the answer. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is not the answer. And I'm at the point where I'm starting to look at the practice squad guys, Not as I said, not only here but on other teams and saying, well, they can probably help me some way. And again, as a third receiver, I'm not expecting Devontae Adams. I'm not expecting Stephon Diggs. I'm expecting somebody who can go out on the field and run a competent route and catch the football if it's thrown to him. That's well, it. it. It's a low bar. Here's why I jump in and disagree with you. You just said a third receiver. Is that accepting Quez Watkins as your? Yeah, well, receiver? you have to because you can't get two. This is into. It's not accepting it after the season. I think you got to upgrade everywhere. But in season, I mean, you, you probably can't even find a three. You're certainly not going to find a two. Right. But yeah, I mean, the Eagles have the worst. Wide receiver two in football. If 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 another team's got one worse, please give it to me. And they have the worst wide receiver three in football. Whoever you want to say is two and whoever you want to say is three. It's pretty stinking bad. So when we talk about Jalen Hurts and his development as a passer, yeah, it's not good. But also you got to throw that into the equation. He's not throwing to star receivers either. So it makes it more difficult. He's throwing to two guys who who won't let him down. And one guy they completely took out of the game for a game plan perspective. And again, I want to give the other team is trying. So if you're looking for the positives, Patrick Graham came up with a really, really good game plan, really effective way to, to say, hey, I'm going to put the game on the quarterback's plate from a passing perspective, not a running perspective. Uh, and he was able to do that, say, beat us throwing the football. They couldn't be, you know, what's ironic, he would have beaten them throwing the football at the very end. It would have been an ugly win, uh, but it, the receivers let him down. So it was a good game plan, forced guys who aren't good at certain things to do the things they aren't good at. Uh, that's all you can do. And then the defense played well. They were playing a bad offense that was struggling with playmakers it didn't have uh, – and the playmakers that were out there were banged up, like Saquon Barkley. They gave up 2.6 yards of rush. They didn't give up – the longest pass play was 20 yards. They gave up 13 points on the road. Uh, you know, that's pretty good. All right. Uh, I asked you about this uh, earlier in the show, and I know we want to stay focused on what happened yesterday, what needs to happen – when they go up the turnpike again next week to play the Jets. Um, but they have uh, wide receiver issues today, next week, the week after, oh, and for years to come. 
And I asked you, would the Eagles consider using one of their three first-round draft picks on a wide receiver again? Three years running, taking a wide receiver in the first round should not happen, Joe. They're just not going to do it. They'll get a veteran guy. They'll go out and improve the wide receiver position via free agency. All right, let me run some names by you, Mr. McMullen, for once this season is over and done with. Uh, yes, and I know- yes, 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 yes to everyone. No, okay. Go ahead. Um, break the bank, Devonta Adams. Uh, well, it, God, yes, number one. But no way would he come here. I mean, no way. Devontae Adams is smart. I mean, I, I think he's the best receiver in football right now. But he's also got somebody who could deliver him the football. He knows uh, it's great to get money. But, you know, he knows that it's going to take a dramatic dip in production to come here, even if the Eagles offered him the most money. And this is the assumption that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback. And if he isn't the quarterback, it's probably going to be a draft pick. You know, maybe that changes if they're able to get a veteran quarterback and then you can get a package deal done. But unless they get a quarterback who can throw the football with consistency and big numbers, no, a player like that is not going to come here. I tend to agree with you. You dream the dream, but at some point you wake up from the dream and that's probably not going to happen. Allen Robinson of the Bears. Love him. I think he's the most underrated receiver in football. Boy, he's had some bad quarterbacks throw to him. And he gets open. He's a great route. He's exactly, that is a good name, Judd. He is exactly the type of receiver they went. The only concern with Allen Robinson, injuries. He's had a lot of them over the years. But, man, he's a good route runner. And he is exactly what this team would need at the wide receiver position. It would be a little ironic because the last one they got was from Chicago as well. Bears too, right. Yeah, yeah. with uh, Alshon. Yeah. Uh, one of the issues there, and, and you know, uh, Green Bay's going to attempt to put the franchise tag on Devonta Adams. Certainly he's worthy, worthy of a franchise tag. Allen Robinson is playing on the tag this year, which means the Bears could do it again next year. The price tag's only going to go up because if you keep throwing the tag on – it gets more expensive as you do it. And he's playing into an area now where you might not even be able to justify the kind of money that he's getting. Um, so it'll, we got to wait and see if he hits the free agent market, but he is someone that is certainly viable. How about Chris Godwin of the bucks? Now the bucks kept all their free agents this past year. Everybody came back, keep the band together for Brady to take another Super Bowl shot. This season will play itself out, and we'll see if Tampa goes back again, wins back-to-back, gets picked off along the way. Uh, They did a nice job of uh, keeping everybody this year. Chris Godwin's going to get paid this offseason. Godwin-Robinson, both in the same um, stratosphere. Which one would you prefer? Um, I I think Robinson is a better receiver overall. Uh, but, you know, again, when we talk about the Eagles and improvement, Chris Godwin would be a significant, significant improvement. Um, I'd probably get if I was able to get him, I'd probably just stick him in the slot and 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 go from there. A little bit drops the football a little bit too much. But uh, compared to what we have here. Yeah, I mean, that's a significant upgrade. Um I, you know, when, when, 
My concern when high-profile free agents come to Philadelphia, though, is that if they're not – like, I have no questions about Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson, none. I mean, they're just good players, good, just good. guy like Godwin, he's a, he's a good player, but he's going to come in with expectations of being a great player, and he's not going to reach that level. And then you sort of say, okay, how's it going to – play in Philadelphia when people expect Chris Godwin to be a star receiver and he's not a star receiver he's more of a a really good compliment that would be my only concern there but certainly an upgrade a huge uh, upgrade guy we saw here at Lincoln Financial Field just a couple of weeks ago was very highly drafted and had a couple of very forgettable years at the start of his career but then they went out and got a quarterback who could really deliver the football. And all of a sudden he's become a star wide receiver, Mike Williams of the chargers. Yeah. um, He is a really big target, uh, really athletic guy. Certainly another one, like any name you're going to throw out there is going to be significant, uh, significant upgrade. And he would be in that category as well. Again, he's probably the type of guy, and you saw when the Chargers played poorly yesterday. I forget who they beat. They came back. You might remember. And Bron- Herbert, Broncos beat him yesterday. Yeah, not yesterday. Um, the week before, I think Herbert. The Steelers. Yeah, Herbert made that great uh, throw down the sidelines to Mike Williams. Um, he's not going to have that guy slinging the football. But, yeah, I, you know. This is sort of the Eagles trying to get better. Um, and I think we're going too pie in the sky here with these names. I think we just need sort of a um, competent veteran who can play the game well. But uh, the same thing what I said with Devontae Adams. Now, Devontae, you know, he's going to be franchised, whatever. But all receivers know the landscape and they know the game. You know, unfortunately, it's not fair, you know, but if you have a great pro football focus grade, you can bring it into a GM when it's contract time and say, look, I'm a great receiver. I do this well. And they're like, oh, how many how many catches you have? I mean, it's antiquated. It's a poor way of looking at it. But my larger point is receivers know they got to they got to produce to get paid and they want to be in situations where they can produce. So I don't know these big high-profile guys are going to see this as a situation where they can produce in a big way. See, here's where you and I would uh, diverge. Devontae Adams is going to get a contract from the Eagles or the Packers or wherever else is going to set him up for life. So in his mind, he doesn't have to sweat every single catch he's going to get going forward because guess what? He got paid. He got the big deal. Allen Robinson is going to get the big deal. He's going to get paid. He's not worried about his next contract. I'm getting my meal right now, one piece. If you're going to drop down into the next group of receivers who aren't going to get five years, 50 million guaranteed, that they're going to need that next contract, yeah, they're going to base their decision on, what am I actually going to be able to do numbers-wise when I go to Philadelphia if I'm catching the ball from Jalen Hurts? So that's why I started with the mega wide receivers because 
you can get them to come here by blatantly overpaying them and saying, you don't ever need another country. This is it. Here, well, that, you're, you're probably right from a logic standpoint, but I will say, Jody, have you ever met a receiver? They all want the football yeah, at all times. All that's that's yeah. very true. You got a point. Uh, and yeah, they, I mean, they would not be happy with a situation where they don't think they're going to get the football. I mean, you're already oh, seeing well, it. They're, the- they're going to get the football. Well, after watching Jalen Hurts yesterday throw it to Jalen Rager seven times, maybe I shouldn't say this, but oh, they're going to get the football when they come here. The question is, are they going to be able to get enough catch? It's not going to be for lack of targets. If Devontae Adams comes here, I mean, think they'll throw it to him a lot. Each and every single game. Well, you would think you would you you would think, but if you're again, and it it might be right if we're talking about uh, a a package deal, and we're talking about Sean Watson coming here, and he changes his mind, and we're revisiting all those discussions, or they draft a young quarterback. Um, But no, there's no guarantee. with the current quarterback, if they're going to move forward, that even the biggest names in the game are going to get the football consistently. I mean, let's look at uh, since the shift, which was kind of Las Vegas, um, 18 completions, nine completions, 11 completions, 16, 13, 14. That's a pretty significant sample size. They're not a lot, you know, they're not a lot of, not a lot of food to let people eat. Uh, you know, we've already talked about it. Only two players get targeted up to this game, which was Devontae and Dallas Goddard. Patrick Graham did a good job of taking them out of it. So you look at, you know, targets in this game. Devontae Smith, who is number one, right? He's the number one receiver right now. He got four, you know? Everybody else, Dallas got three. Jalen, obviously, as you mentioned, got seven. Quez Watkins got five. And then it's all the running backs, and uh, that kind of stuff doesn't matter. I mean, Greg Ward got one. Not a lot. Not a lot, Jody. Yeah, I think you could tell Devontae Adams on where we get you, we'll throw the ball more. And we'll specifically throw it to you, Devontae. But you're going to have to pay, 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 pay way through the roof. All right, let me drop down uh, to a uh, secondary group of receivers. Tell me what you think of these guys. Michael Gallup of the Cowboys. Oh, I love Michael Gallup. Yeah, that that would uh, that would that would do the the old two four. Uh, you hurt your division opponent, and you get a a good receiver. You know, he's the third best receiver on the Cowboys. You could argue right now, you know, Devontae's going to be better, but you could argue he'd be the best receiver right now. Uh, yeah, it's just a really good, really underrated player. And they might feel they they can't keep him. Uh, that might be an attainable goal. Uh, and especially you're going to have to overpay. And again, you're in that same wormhole. Expectations, the more you get paid, Jody, the more the expectations are and can he live up to those expectations? I don't know, but um, I think he's a good player. I think he's an underrated player. Um, good player. And then you look at, look, he doesn't get a, a lot of attention either. Uh, when everybody's on the field, when Cooper's on the field, when Lamb's on the field, 
But he's proven when those guys have been out, and he's been out himself, but when he's out on the field and those guys haven't been on the field, he still produces. Uh, he's a good player. Interesting name. All right, I'll give you another one. DJ Chark of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's been a productive receiver for them five straight years, even with lesser quarterbacks like our backup, the mustache here in town. Um, it, does a guy like that, will that uh, satiate Eagles fans for an upgrade at wide receiver? Well, again, certainly an upgrade. You're you're not going to be able to give me a name that's not an upgrade. So I, you know, he's he's certainly an upgrade, and that might be more of the range you're looking at. I think. But here's it, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll let you finish your point. Let's say Devonta Adams hits the free agent market. Let's say Alan Robinson hits the free agent market. Let's say Chris Goodwin hits the free agent market. Let's say Mike Williams hits the free agent market. Eagles sign DJ Chark. How is that going to play? That well, five, not, six, seven other guys better are out there, but they're not coming here because they don't have the faith that they're going to be the main targets and get the ball six, seven, eight, nine times. And the Eagles signed the eighth or ninth best free agent wide receiver this offseason. How's that going to play? Uh, it probably won't play well with the fan base, but you have to understand where you are. And, you know, it's not a desirable locale for a receiver right now. So, you know, you got to add, you got to add that into it. Maybe a guy like DJ Chark is more realistic and he's certainly going to be cheaper. And I think he's hurt um, right now. I think he's missed most of the season. So you have the injury, he, mixed into it but and i forget i maybe i think he uh broke his ankle maybe i don't know but he's he's not playing um but he is young um i think he had a thousand yard receiver uh season um so he's had some production on a bad team that that might be a nice cost effective signing um in, in sort of the realm you should be in, um, that type of player. That's kind of the wheelhouse type of player, if you're asking me. That's why I am asking you, because if they're not going to draft the wide receiver, you tell me it's going to be via free agency. These are the names that we can and should be talking about. Uh, and I'm just going by a list. Uh, I, was, from- I, I was told by somebody with the Eagles that we're not drafting a receiver in the first round. But then again, the yeah. person I... The person I was told is pretty high up, but uh, he's not he's not the guy making the decision. So you never know. Which, by the way, and I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier because it's been an ongoing conversation basically since I would say maybe not the night of, but certainly the week of when Jalen Rager was selected, the story leaked out that uh, that wasn't necessarily a Howie Roseman pick. Because I think it leaked out later. I don't think it leaked out that early. Right. Um, <clears throat> and it may have even waited till uh, Mr. Jefferson started catching pass after pass after pass. In minutes. By the way, went over a thousand yards yesterday. What yeah. game? 11, game 11. Whatever. He's, he's a pretty good player. And I just, again, uh, personal, you take grief where you need to take grief. You take credit where you need to take credit. Like on Twitter, 10 10 seconds after Jalen Rager was selected, yours truly went on and goes, 
How do they not take Jefferson? This isn't one of those wait till no. after Jefferson becomes a Pro Bowl level right wide receiver. I said it that night when they called out Jalen Rager's name. What the hell are they doing? So the Eagles have been feeling the pressure about, on this for a long time. But eventually the story became, you know, it might not have been a Howie Roseman pick that they may have deferred to the coaching staff. And it's that much easier now because that coaching staff isn't even here anymore. Uh, that they preferred Jalen Rager. And Howie Roseman might have taken Justin Jefferson. It's irrelevant. It's done. It's over. It's finished. <clears throat> if Rager can't play, you just got to move on from him and not worry about it. But at, at what point does that happen? What point does that kick in and you go, all right, screw the past, screw where we took them. We just have to uh, eliminate it and move on. Well, uh, yeah, it usually doesn't happen this early, but it's so bad. I think you got to kickstart it a little bit early. Now, yeah, I don't expect him to cut Jalen Rager or anything of that nature. Um, in the offseason, they'll try to trade him. I so He certainly wants to get traded. I've known that for weeks. Uh, he doesn't think he's being used correctly, which is whatever. Um, you know, at this point, what could you get for him? Nobody's even going to offer a seventh-round pick. So that might look bad than even just moving on. Or you just bench him and you say, all right, he's on the back end of the roster and people slowly forget about him. Um, and that's probably the most likely route, I, I would say, uh, more than anything. But he's played himself off the field. And, and it's a shame. But, you know, everybody talks about Jefferson, 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 Jefferson. To me, the most egregious part of this is not Jefferson, believe it or not. It's the mentality or, or the thought process that we wanted a Tyreek Hill-like presence on the offense. That's why they took Jalen Rager. They did, it, it wasn't like they didn't like Justin Jefferson. They did like him. They thought he was a slot receiver, played in the slot in LSU. Now, that's the problem with evaluation. All he does is play outside. Right. So just because he's at LSU with other great receivers, and they say, oh, he's probably – let's put him inside because he's a great route runner. That's why they did it because you can take advantage of route runners more inside than outside. That's when they really, really shine. Um, and that's why LSU did it. you got to be savvy enough to realize, okay, he can play on the outside. He's certainly fast enough. He can do everything, and he's proven that. But what in the world does make anyone look at Jalen Reagan and say, oh, I see a little Tyree Gill there? I mean, what in the world? Because he's – Fast because he's shifty because you know they want to stretch because he's under six feet tall. Just because of the build, I guess that's that's it. You're probably on it. He looks like him physically, and some of the stopwatch measurements kind of match. I mean, watch him play football for five seconds. One is a natural football player. The other looks like a, a great athlete trying to play football. And it doesn't take long to figure that out. That, to me, is the most egregious part of that pick. All right. He is John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Uh, Mac and Mac guys doing the tough thing on a Monday after an Eagles major letdown loss against the Giants up the turnpike. Um, By the way, we got to say, Jody, 
like, share, and subscribe, Birds 365. Oh, I forgot to say like. Maybe we shouldn't. Who's going to like anything today? I'm not liking anything today. I'm just barely liking well, you, you McMullen. Like oh, How the no, hell am I going to push the anything. like button for the show? That's what, see, people need consistency. The Eagles need consistency. See, you're consistent with your dislike of me. I appreciate that. You got to bring your A game every single day. The minute you let down is when bad things happen. Well, I, I dislike what happened up at the Meadowlands yesterday. But we must uh, force our way through this and adding insult to injury. There's the turn of a phrase. That's what I want to talk about when we come back injuries. How badly did Jason Kelsey leaving that game hurt the Eagles yesterday? Man, Nate Herbig had to, and he's a big dude. Tough for him to hide, but I'm sure he wanted to try and hide. By the way, I'm going to defend Nate Herbig after after the break. I'm going to defend him. You go ahead and try. (laughs) Those were some drive-killing penalties. We called six points off the board. There's no defense of that. Oh, well, that's what I was talking about, margin of error. But backup player, you know, backup player trying to replace an all-pro. And, oh, by the way, had to come back in the game to replace Jack Driscoll. Not a lot of guys who can do that. One one of the uh, hosts of Birds 365 continued to talk about how the Eagles had offensive line, great offensive line depth. Didn't look like it yesterday with Nate Herbert taking penalty after penalty after penalty. Uh, McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Coming right back. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Mega my guys here on Birds 365. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, uh, rehashing what was a painful loss. I'll say it's the most painful show of the first 165 shows that we've done here on Birds 365. Today's show's tougher than any other. And there's a lot that we're pointing out that the Eagles came up short in. And one of them was backup offensive line play. Yes, Jason Kelsey went down yesterday and actually went back into the locker room, then came back out. He did eventually get back into the game. Uh, again, going to give Jason Kelsey credit here. I didn't talk to him, didn't hear him after the game. He probably was out there on the field when he shouldn't have been because usually Kelsey misses a play and gets back out there again, probably when he shouldn't be. He came back out onto the sidelines, was working on snapping, and didn't get immediately back into the game. He didn't go back until Driscoll went down, and then they knew they had to move Herbig over to cover for Driscoll, so Kelsey sucked it up and got back in there and, and played again. And Nate Herbig, not a good day. Uh, two massive penalties, one taking a touchdown off the board. You're not going to blame Nate Herbig for those two penalties yesterday? Um, well, a number one, I got to watch the game again today. So I got to take a closer look at him. I, but I assume they were good calls. I, yeah, I'm not one to, to blame officiating, uh, typically. No, I'm, I'm just talking about the circumstance. Number one, and he kind of, uh, 
you're almost right. Jason came back in before Jack Driscoll got hurt. So it was a weird kind of kind of situation. Jason, he went in the injury tent first, then he walked into uh, the locker room, but he, he looked pretty good walking in. It was a knee injury and he looked pretty good. So I thought, oh, it's probably going to get taped up. It's Jason Kelsey. He's going to put another brace on. He's going to get out there and play. And then sure enough, he came back on the field and you're like, okay, he's going to be back out there. He grabbed his helmet and all of a sudden he's not back out there. And uh, they took his helmet from him again. And you're like, okay, well, he's not coming in. He's going to watch the game though. So it can't be all that serious. And then he's back in the game. Um, And it's pretty amazing. And then Jack Driscoll goes down. So what I'm going to defend, uh, Nate Herbig about and center is not his most natural position. Um, probably shouldn't be playing center uh, number one, but they have to have him playing center. Remember, Landon Dickerson's already out there. He can play right. center. Isaac Sayamalo can play center. He's long gone. He's out there. So this is like their fourth string center, Jody, um, that they have to play. And he did an okay job for a fourth string center. Uh, I think most better than most fourth string centers around the NFL. My biggest concern is if you remember, I forget which game it was, but Jason missed one play, one play. He got right. banged up and it was a bad snap. It was a bad shotgun yeah. snap. Might've been Detroit. I think it was, I think it was, I could be wrong, but it was one, it was literally one snap. And it was a bad snap. Terrible snap. Yeah. And that was my biggest concern. He was fine for for the most part. Um, So I thought he persevered, did a good job. And then Jack Driscoll goes down and he's got to play right guard, which is more natural for him. Um, I think it's pretty stinking impressive, the versatility from that standpoint uh, in a game like that. Obviously, the holding penalties hurt. And that's what I was talking about. When you when you have this mentality, this overriding, this small margin of error, guess what, Jody? You were watching the Cowboys and Raiders on Thanksgiving. You get the wrong crew. They start calling holding. Bang. You know, seven-yard gain turns into 10-yard loss. All of a sudden, you got to throw the football to the margin of error, what I was talking about. Look, I, I only compare the Eagles' depth on the offensive line to everybody else's. And it's really good compared to everybody else's. And Nate's a big part of that. Yeah, I I think you're overstating it. I don't know how good their offensive line depth is. So I'll ask you a uh, roster question. If Nate Herbig is the fourth best center on this team, that you'd prefer to have Landon Dickinson there. But, oh, we've already got him a card. You'd prefer to have Isaac Samuel there. Oh, but he's done for the season. Should they have a natural backup center? Are, yeah, it's are, interesting. Are they making a mistake by saying, well, Nate's our fourth best center on the roster. If Kelsey goes down, he has to play it. Are they doing a poor job of allocating resources along the offensive line? No, I just think, you know, too many injuries, and it happens to everybody. Um, and, you know, if it happens at one particular position or one position group in this case, um, 
it becomes an issue and it's become a bit of an issue. Typically you're not going to get down. I don't know how you prepare to get down to um, your fourth center. Uh, nobody does it. So I can't blame, um, I can't blame Howie Roseman or Andy Weidel or uh, the Eagles had more depth than most teams Probably you could argue all teams at that particular position. Unfortunately, a bunch of guys got hurt. You don't want to move Landon now because you want him to develop as a long-term starter. So you don't want to consider that. What I will say is almost every single year, um, Jeff Stoughton, for that reason, keeps a center on the practice squad. And it, you have guys like Luke Jariga, if you remember him, uh, he would keep somebody like that on the practice squad, a natural center. This year they brought in a kid by the name of Harry Kreider uh, to be that player. Um, undrafted kid, undrafted rookie. It just wasn't good enough. Um, and they had to cut him. So, you know, the, their thought process, well, we drafted a kid in the second round who can play center. We have Brandon Brooks. We have Isaac Samalo. All of a sudden, you don't have Brandon Brooks and Isaac Samalo. And the kid you drafted to be the backup center has got to be the starting left guard and the dominoes fall from there. So how much depth could you possibly have? That's my point. Fair enough. When you go back and you watch the Herbig holdings, oh, they were both holding. They were, I'm, sure they were. I, I'm sure Either they were. I'm sure they were. It wasn't a, uh, all that questionable a call. I, uh, other injuries. Miles Sanders went out relatively early in that game, which meant <clears throat> you knew it was going to be a Boston Scott game, the giant killer. And he had a couple of nice runs, but the killer was the fumble that he coughed up in the fourth quarter, killing the Eagles' chances to win the game. Um, Howard is not a given to be back this week. Sanders, you'll find out about today. Uh, we go through this same uh, mumbo every single week with injuries. We get information, drips and drabs as it th- comes out. And sometimes I think it's withheld on purpose by the team. And other times, legitimately, they don't know. Um, what's the running attack going to look like the Eagles when they head up the turnpike again six days from now? Yeah, I think the most interesting thing will be they 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 did say Jordan Howard would have an opportunity to be back for the Jets game, so maybe it works out that way. But you know, sprain knee certainly would remain in the iffy category. And yeah, I mean, this was not supposed to be actually Jody a big Boston Scott week, and I think you know a lot of people betting the. Um, of props on Boston Scott. I tried to warn him you might be a little depressed uh, because that was not the plan, but Miles got banged up again. He got banged up on that big 27-yard run. Um, and, you know, Nick Sirianni's thought process was, uh, as it is and will be moving forward, look, if somebody gets hot, I'll ride the hot hand. Um, but... Miles is going to be the guy. He's going to be the running back. Miles keeps getting banged up. Uh, Boston had an opportunity. He was very effective, except for the fumble. Uh, as usual, Miles was very effective running the ball. Uh, but, you know, I got a lot of that on Twitter. He gets 27 yards and they get, they forget about him. They didn't forget about him. He got hurt. Right. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I mean, right now, Miles is banged up. Jordan is banged up. So, worst case scenario, you're going to see a lot of Boston Scott against the New York Jets. And, again, that's pretty good depth, but not a position you want to be in. All right. And uh, Nate Herbig may get a chance to hold at the right guard position this week because Jack Driscoll went out and Herbig went from playing center back over to, I guess you're assuming his most natural position guard because he's surely not a tackle and you're telling me he's not a center. Is it just the left side he can play or is it the right side too? He's going to fill in for Driscoll if Driscoll's not back. Again, uh, what do you hear after the game? What are the prognosis for Driscoll to be back in there by the time they played the Jets? Um, I don't, uh, Nick didn't have information after. He never does. And that's, you know, that's fair. They're waiting for information. I mean, he didn't even, he had to ask uh, one of the PR guys. Kelsey came back in the game. That's how focused uh, you are. I mean, you just play uh, and you got to worry about your play calling. But um, yeah, we'll get more information on Jack today. I certainly looked a little bit more serious. Um, if I were a betting man, I'd probably say, yeah, Nate Herbig's going to be the right guard. And yeah, he's fine at guard. He can play right guard. He can play left guard. The Eagles think his best position is left guard, but he he's played a lot of right guard. Um, he'll be fine again. The, maybe the best third-string guard in football, but you don't want to be playing your third-string guard. Simple as that. Fair enough. And one that uh, was certainly discussed social media, saw it yesterday on Twitter, a little bit uh, in the regular media, but more on social. The Jalen Hurts was actually playing with an ankle that he Oh, injured. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm beating myself up. Uh, I should have said this before. Um, and it was actually Les Bowen who brought this up on the show when we were talking about the sustainability of Jalen Hurts. He, he's going to get banged up at some point. And forget, you know, people think injuries and they think, oh, he's going to be out with this and that. No, you're going to get banged up. Guess what? He's banged up. He hurt his ankle. Um, and, you know, is he going to be as effective running the football with a banged up ankle, he's going to play. He's going to tape it up. These are the little things that people don't think about when you start talking about. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna run the quarterback. Yesterday was eight for seventy seven again. Very very effective. And all of a sudden, oh, here comes the ankle tweak. And you know, to get through seventeen games like that, maybe you have to play a couple games to get through an ankle injury from the pocket. And that's where it's helpful. If you can throw the football with some consistency and the Eagles can't do that right now. So uh, when supposedly did Jalen hurt the ankle? I was trying to figure it out. Cause I, I saw it, as I said, late in the fourth quarter. It was oh, on the sack. Way. It was on the sack. Uh, who, who had the sack? I got to look at the Giants. Uh, so it was Andre Johnson, Julian Love combined. It was on that play. Um, and, yeah, uh, obviously he still played. And, by the way, it was very effective. Uh, probably his most effective uh, drive throwing the football. A lot of underneath stuff to Kenny Gainwell early on that final drive. Uh, Because the Giants were allowing it. 
Sure. Uh, and then he gave he gave Jalen Rager a couple opportunities. So yeah, he fought through it, and we'll see how the week goes. But you know, as your your adrenaline's going, you're in the game, you're loose. It's different, obviously, when you when you slow down, and we'll see how serious that ankle injury is. And uh, the reason that I think it is something that must be discussed is because Nick Sirianni discussed it after the game, and he mentioned that Jalen was playing with a bit of a bum ankle. The cynical Eagle fans would go, oh, yeah, he's making excuses for him. That's why he didn't. Oh, no, he got it. hurt. You could see he got hurt on the field. Yeah, he was, He was. I mean, look, it's not serious. It's just one of those things. It happens all the time in the NFL. You'll get up. You'll see somebody limping. They'll go back in, especially this late in the season. Um, but, yeah, it changes the game for a, a mobile quarterback if you don't have your full mobility. Right. And you got you have to learn to be able to play with the type of injury that we're talking about that isn't going to knock you out of the game but could handicap the things you're going to do. Like that Rodgers guy yesterday, I watched that game after the Eagle game. It was nice to see a, a quarterback be able to do what he's supposed to do. Aaron Rodgers got a bum toe that he keeps whining about, and it's broken. And if, if I get to the bye week, I'll be fine. All he does is throw the ball all God, over. That guy's field. unbelievable. He that is. guy's unbelievable stone cold scary good so that's another part of the maturation process that you're going through with jalen hurts is the ability to play when you get dinged up in a contest but he did take a step backwards yesterday with the three ints he had two of which were just flat out horrific plays one of which i don't blame him all that much for but two of the three not good uh for jalen hurts all right uh we're expecting Chris Franklin of NJ.com to join us next. We still got 40 minutes strong here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Oh, 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. All right, Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Even if you don't like me, because I led you down a primrose path and made you believe the Eagles were going to win yesterday. Even if you don't like John McMullen because he's overselling Nate Herbig to you, he's a hmm. nice backup player. He's not a starting player. It doesn't matter. We know you like Chris Franklin. So do us a favor and push the like button here on Birds 365. <laughs> Click away. Give Chris some love because he's coming in to solve all the Eagles problems for us. How are you, Mr. Franklin? Not bad. Uh, I don't know if I can be a G- GM or anything like that. I don't know if I can fix this problem. I, you might have to trade me or something else. Another team. I'm just kidding. There's a lot going on with this team, man. Not a lot. Yeah. Well, with Chris, we're, we got to start somewhere. So we got to start with the two Jalen's. I'm going to go Rager first, though, before I get to Jalen Hurts. And I, is Jalen Rager fixable? I give him a lot of credit for the accountability aspect he came out to speak to us obviously you can hide in these COVID times i give him credit but boy you got to make those plays for your struggling quarterback you got to pick him up you got two opportunities to rescue the eagles just not there at some point do you have to say this isn't working and go in a different direction if you're nick sirianni and the eagles coaching staff I'll start with I'll start by this. I they thought it was very, it showed a lot by him coming out there and talking to us after the game, especially after making well not making a play like that. But personally, for me, I'm I'm usually patient when it comes, especially to young players. But to me, I think I've seen enough of Jalen Rager when it comes to his him being featured in the offense, them trying to force the ball into his hands and try to make something. I just don't see anything from here on out that's going to change it so that you feel like you can get something. A value from a first from that former first round pick. There's been too many opportunities I think given to him when it comes to the deep passes. When he was when he's first drafted, you know they harp on speed, speed, speed. This guy can make plays. This guy can make change direction. He can make plays out of nothing, especially on the screens. Well, we really haven't seen it in these first this year and a half. When you look at the punt returns, he had that that really long punt return last year against the Packers. But ever since then, you, you see elements here where he can break one, he doesn't break one. And then it's like the Giants directionally kicked it. I know they were trying to play field position, trying to corner it. They were directionally kicking it, so that way when he tried to return it, he get, wouldn't get to the 25, and it hampered the Eagles when it came to field position. He has a lot of skill, a lot of skill set, and you're waiting to put things together. But at this point, even in the offense, and who thought we'd say this at this point, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to me is higher on the if I'm a quarterback and I'm looking at my progressions, I'd rather rely on JJ Arcega Whiteside right now. And who would have thought we would say this uh, like a year ago? Who would have thought I agree wholeheartedly? All right, uh, I'll go to the Eagles' best wide receiver, uh, Devonta Smith. 
John told me he could see in the press box there that you can get a better look than we can on TV, that the Giants made a concerted effort to limit Dallas Goddard, that they said, we're not going to get beat by Dallas Goddard. We're going to have a guy on top of him and a guy bracketing him, and they did their best to take him out of the game. Well, you can only do that with one wide receiver. You can only double up unless you're just going to go uh, three-man pass rush you can only do that so much, which means Devonta Smith was getting either facing zone coverage or man-to-man coverage, and it's solo man coverage. How does he only get uh, four targets and only two catches yesterday? I, I get it that any team, any week can take a player, make it more difficult to get a player involved, get the ball to him and the like. They took both of the Eagles' two best weapons in the passing game out. How did they do that? At some point, you got a question. Did the Eagle player do enough to get open? I put I actually put this one on Jalen Hurts, and I thought there's a couple times they did take away Goddard when he came to the bracket, but there are a couple times, especially when that first interception that Jalen Hurts threw, Smith was breaking open, and I think it was more of a moment of anticipation. There were a lot of moments where I saw Smith breaking open, or he was – and I think right before that Rager uh, drop, the, the next to last play – you saw him going to Sirianni. Looks, I, th- I think that built up to being a lot of frustration because he was getting separation, and that's something where Hertz had to find the anticipation or feel his guy getting open, breaking open late and thrown there. Because I thought it, if he had about half the throws that when he was available and he was wide open, he he would have had a lot better day. And I thought that would have changed the course of the game, and the Giants would have changed that. And I think you would have saw Goddard getting more because they saw Smith was breaking open. So I really thought I, I wouldn't pin this one on Smith so much. I'd put okay. it more on the quarterback on that one. And let me – sorry, John, I'll uh, interrupt. I'll get you in a second, buddy. You know who I might also blame? Me. And maybe you. And maybe McMahon. Maybe some of the other media guys. And maybe Eagle Nation. Because for two weeks running, I know I've been saying here, somebody else has got to get the football. You can't throw it to just Garden Smith. you got to have a third. You should have a fourth and a fifth. But at least give us a third. Maybe Hertz heard all of that and said, yeah, you know, I got to spread the, round, the ball around. We're not going to be able to do this. We, we can't. It can't just be the three amigos, me, Goddard, and Smith. Somebody else got to lend a helping hand. So maybe he tried to force the ball to others a little bit too much. Well, thanks for that visual now because I see a bunch of sombreros on a bunch of the guys. That would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at the – I think it's also coaching too. I think when you look at the game plan itself, I mean, when you look at the first 15 plays, that's the play – those are the plays where say, you know what, we want to see what – you want to see what you get the the Giants defense is going to give you and present to you in certain situations. And they threw the ball a lot. And I don't know if it's something where they say, hey, you know what, they only have Bradbury and we feel that we can take – we can attack the other parts of the field. I don't know if they saw – the video from the Buccaneers and go, hey, you know what? We can just throw, 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 throw. It was, I thought Sirianni may have put Hertz and the rest of the office in position to continue to throw the ball. And that wasn't the thing. They should have stuck with the, I think they should have stuck with the run more, especially around the goal line when it was where they had success. And, and I just, for, for a team that was doing well these last few weeks and it was running the ball consistently and running it even with people like six, seven, eight men in a box and were finding creases, getting four or five yards. They stuck away with that and they got away with what was they were doing best because I don't know if they thought they can be like the Buccaneers and have a similar game plan, but it was just bad. And if anything, I thought the Jets game would have been the one that would have been more of a scare. I know it sounds weird saying it's the Jets, but I thought because that could have been a trap before the bye, but they, they, they got caught with their pants down on this one. It was bad. 
All right, Chris, let me play devil's advocate here for Nick Sirianni. I, I think this game exemplified how difficult it is to play the way the Eagles have been playing. I was telling Jody, the small margin of error, if you think about they ran for 200 yards, but you start thinking about, okay, you get Jason Kelsey gets hurt. You get a couple of holding calls from Nate Herbig. It pushes you back. We see this all around the NFL. If you're running the football one play, Boston Scott's running the football effectively, the fumble, Miles Sanders running it effectively, gets hurt. The margin of error is so small. Was Nick Sirianni saying, okay, I got the Giants. I can Let's evolve this offense a little bit early, try to get Jalen Hurts going. Didn't work, though. That's a concern for me because I, I want to bring up the quote for you. I think it's you know, Nick was asked about Jalen's performance, and he said, anytime you turn the ball over three times, it's not going to be an A, B, C, or D. Well, there's only one left. <laughs> so the head coach gave the quarterback an F, and I think the quarterback deserved an F in this particular. This is his worst game as a pro in my estimation. Would you agree with that? I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I'm usually – you know, I mean, I'm usually the one that's like back at Hurts. I still think he can be the guy, but that was – there's no – defending that performance at all you throwing the ball especially on that goal line in the second quarter when they had that the Giants had the uh, interception at the goal line that's a ball that should have been if you didn't see you couldn't fit that there's no way he was going to fit that into Scott throw it out the back of the end zone throw it away or, or even beforehand we see him run out of bounds even then I would have thought, thought you shouldn't have done it but it's so fine he cost he literally cost that team anywhere from six to 14 points yesterday and that's they could have won that. That's that's it was a winnable game, and those turnovers that he made put the team in a position where it is. And it, it this it, it I got vibes. It just looked like to me the way that Hurts played, just the overall offense. It, it gave me a sense that we were watching Week Two against San Fran all over again, where you had made the bad decisions around the goal line, where you had all, all that stuff, and you thought you you saw in Nick's harvest. Well, we've heard it too, where he says you want to be that team that's not just going up and up down. You want to have that continual ascension when you're going up well that one they like it was a big regression back and it's one game and you're like well we threw the three interceptions and, and that one too that took a really really big step back in my opinion and that's going to linger because you know with all the rumors that are swirling about if they're going to get Sean Watson and Russell Wilson everybody now is going to point to this game well you threw three interceptions against the Giants and that's just going to linger around now and I think that hurts his cause I still think he's should be here 2022 but is it's that's just one of those impressionable games that's going to be there as when people think of Hurts now. All right, since John referenced uh, Nick Sirianni's grading reference yesterday, I'm going to ask you to grade out for us, uh, CF A plus to F. What would you grade yesterday's Eagles defensive effort? I'd give it a B. I I give it a solid B because I thought they they didn't allow the Giants to be. You didn't know what you were going to get with Freddie Kitchens. You really didn't. And as much as we hear them talk about unscouted looks and that one, the only one they didn't do well was on that flea flicker that went, eventually went to Ingram. Otherwise, I thought they held Saquon Barkley and the rest of that Giants run game in check. And I thought they didn't let too many big plays happen downfield. Now, when it came time in the fourth quarter, they let the Giants march downfield, took some valuable time off the clock. And I thought that that's what – to me, bumps it down from an A to a B. But I thought overall, when you look at the way they mix covers, the way they 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 held the Giants' run game, and 
basically made them one dimensional because they weren't moving the ball on the ground at all, except for that one. And look, and, and except for that one Saquon Barkley running. Look what he did. At, besides that, take that away. Look at the performance he had. But yeah, I, I give Jonathan. I'll, I'll say this: Jonathan Getty. He took a lot of heat, and deservedly so, in the fast like before his last two before these last two weeks he took a lot of heat. Granted, it was quarterbacks he played in the last two weeks but he yeah he, he's it's funny how that works yeah <laughs> but you're right chris uh saquon barkley had that 32 yard run so which was the biggest play of the day for the giants their largest passing play was 20 yards so take away that one run he had 12 rushes for eight yards eight yards yes yeah. yeah. i i thought the eagles were were really solid defensively and when Boston Scott fumbles the ball, the game's over, right? No. They completely shuttered down uh, the Giants in the biggest spot and gave the the offense an opportunity to go win the game, and Jalen Rager should have won the game. I can't even get to the defense when I'm assigning blame. It wasn't perfect, of course. The most concerning part to me is Julian Love, and you probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and Julian Love came out and said, well, yeah, we wanted Jalen Hurts to throw it. Now, I thought Patrick Graham, Giants defense coordinator, had a great game plan. I really did. And, you know, the Eagles ran for 200 yards, as I mentioned. Uh, but that was their mentality. He came out with two defensive linemen, four linebackers. You saw the indecision. A lot of concern. Is this one of those games where other teams are going to put in the tape and say, oh, look what Patrick Graham did. Eagles going to have to make some adjustments after this game because they know how people are going to attack them now from a passing perspective. I think so. I think Robert Sala has already like downloaded that and was probably going across, like probably was in the locker room, like, hey, 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 Pat, can you give us a game plan? I think, he, I think you'll see a lot of similar stuff with him. And it's the scary thing is a lot of that stuff is correctable. A lot of that stuff is correctable. The one thing I wish I saw more yesterday that would I thought would have slowed down because like the Giants were doing that corner crash from the slot slot a couple of times and even now on the outside yeah. they regular running back screen pass. I mean you haven't really truly seen that all year. We've seen a lot of wide receiver screen passes and something like that, especially with a guy like Boston Scott, who's can be explosive. Who, who I think did it last year against the Giants when they came to a little screen pass that worked effectively. Yeah, Miles Sanders, when you get him in space, I thought that would be effective. You didn't see that. So that's one thing I think you can counteract when it comes to there. I think you have to, for, I think formationally, you'll have to get Dallas Goddard in a better position because if teams are going to start bracketing him, you may have to start using more motion. You may have to start putting him in the backfield next to Sanders or whatever and then break him out late in motion and then have to force the defense to adjust him. There's little things that they can do to fix it. It's a matter of how quickly can they do it? Can they diagnose it quickly? I mean, you know, we'll, we'll hear the thing. We, we looked at the film. I know we'll, we'll hear all this stuff. Is will they actually implement it and use it later on against the Jets? And it's it, and, and that's the way I think. If, I, if I'm looking at the film, I'm you know, if I'm a coach, I'm frustrated because you see you you'll see all the holes that were there. You'll see all the opportunities there. And I guess the lack of the roundest roundabout way of just saying it, it was just execution. They didn't do it, and it's. And that's when you start. I think you start looking at the personnel itself, and, and if they consistently do it. All right, maybe this will be overly optimistic, but I'm going to roll it out there anyway. I'm tired of being pessimistic. The Eagles <laughs> have kind of pushed me to be pessimistic for the first hour and 36 minutes of the show, but I'm going to 
spin a tale here. Tell me if I've got any chance to get this right. Okay. Uh, had a buddy on uh, my CBS Sports Radio show last night from Boston, Adam Kaufman, radio guy up in Boston, been doing it for years. And I asked him, how the hell did the Patriots win six straight games? They're a good team. They're a talented team. They're not the best team in the AFC, but they're right there for the best record in the AFC. I said, what the hell is Belichick? How did they get to a point where they can win six straight games? Which, oh, by the way, the Eagles need to win six straight games now because if they want to make the playoffs, that's what it's going to take. Um, and he said, Joe, Belichick gets a ton of credit. Of course, he should. He's arguably the greatest coach of all time. But in the locker room, they had a bunch of guys who are former Super Bowl champions, mostly on the defense side of the ball, who have been able to sell the underdog aspect of this season. When they went backwards last year and didn't make the playoffs, for the first time in two decades, the Patriots could say, yeah, we're underdogs. Nobody's picking us. Nobody's respecting us. Nobody's showing us. If that's working in New England, are there guys in the Eagle locker room that can sell that this week? Can, can Lane s- Johnson, can Jason Kelsey, can Fletcher Cox, guys who have been there, done that, part of the Super Bowl team. Yeah, they've written us off now. We got a little hot. We got our asses kicked by the New York Giants. Everybody's against us. Break out those stupid dog masks again. <laughs> can they actually make that work for them this week going forward, starting with the Jets? Well, I think you have the guys in there. I think they could. I think you even have the head coach. I mean, when you look at uh, Nick no, Sirianni. Sirianni wasn't even here. He doesn't even well, count. He, well, he, he can't be Sirianni. Sirianni's well, got to stick to doing Sirianni things. He can't revert back to previous Eagle administrations. He wasn't part of it. I mean, back when it was 2018, when he was the officer or coordinator with the Colts. I mean, they would start out one and five. The next thing you know, they roll okay, off nine right, out right, ten. Right, right, right. So you, I say, I say, you can, cross can over. You're that. crossing over organizations. Yep. I see where you're going, yep. Frank. Good so, so thinking out of you. <laughs> I, I do it once in a while. I, I, once in a while, maybe few far between, but once in a while, something comes up there. But I think we, I think you've seen that. And Rodney McLeod, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, on all those levels, I think you have those guys telling, them, "Hey, it's not over. It's not over." I even think from a standpoint of Hertz and Devon Smith and even Dickerson with their Alabama, I mean, when it comes to the winning side, I mean, they're not used to losing and everything like this much you losing, but they know what it takes to win in critical moments. So I think there's got to be a meld right there. I think the veterans, this is a week where you see a lot of them trying to meld <laughs> a lot of these young guys to try to take over the mantle being leaders and step up and everything. I think it's one of those weeks where I think not only just week, week, but after the bye, you're going to see those, those veterans try to come on. Like, listen guys, you take it one game at a time, but you know, you know, some of them are looking at the whole rest of the schedule and going, "Yeah, we could take this and just do this." Yeah, I'm I, one of them, Chris. Yeah. I'm one of them. No, I, I think I still think they go at seven, but like I, th- I thought they were going to seven, but it looks like I might have to bump it to eight or eight maybe. But I still think there's a that that Cowboys we a lot of stuff with with that last game against the Cowboys. And the Washington football team. I mean, they're they're still a team. I, that I think Washington is the key to it all yep. because I think those two games, if one of those teams can sweep the other, I think that team's going to be in a good position uh, to be the last team in the NFC. Uh, the Eagles aren't winning the NFC East. I'm not <laughs> forget about the Cowboys. Um, but, you know, right now, the last seed is Minnesota. They lost to San Francisco. Those are the final two seeds. They don't have a defensive line. Every single one of their defensive linemen is out. Um, the Eagles are a half game behind. They already have the tiebreaker over the Carolinas, Atlantis of the world. 
they're still in a position that they learn something from this game. This is a game to me where they came in, felt a little bit haughty about themselves. The Giants stink. The Giants are in disarray. Did they learn something from it? The young players on this team um, and say, you got to bring your A game in the NFL. If not, somebody's going to jump up and bite you. I think so, especially division game. I think they got, I think a lot of young guys got a, a rude awakening when it came to NFC East football. Cause no matter how bad the teams are, and we've seen some really bad NFC East teams over recent memory, no matter how bad they are, these games seem to be close and, and real, seem to be really physical, really close. Refs let them play for the most part. It's, you see all those aspects. And I think they got a good taste of that yesterday. And if anything, now, if, I, I I can't believe I'm saying this. I usually hate hated this saying back when I was for it. It was good they got this loss out of the way early on because I think they say, hey, you know what? This is what happened. You saw what happened. Now you can't let this happen again. I think they beat the Giants again when they play them here at Lincoln Financial Field. And I think they come in with a different attitude when they go and face Washington, both away and home. I think they come in and attitude say, hey, you know what? The Giants were in a similar situation. People Taylor Heineke depends on what Taylor Heineke you get. To me, I look at Taylor Heineke, I look at Daniel Jones. One in the same, so you got the same style quarterback. I just look at overall. I think they use this loss and use as a cows. I think they win four out of four out of the like six at least. At least, okay. Then, make well, it then that keeps them in the mix gets us to the last game of the season, having some meaning, which is something we should be looking for. All right, uh, certainly health is going to have something to do with it. <laughs> Two running backs are right now questionable for next week with Miles Sanders leaving the game and Jordan Howard. Probably going to come back, but don't know that for sure. Is it even more ground and pound next week if both of those guys are healthy? Does Sirianni have to temper his potential play calling depending on the health of his backs? What's Eagle offense going to look like next week against the Jets? I think it's going to be it's going to depend on if they have Miles Sanders. I think if Sanders out and Howard is still out and his knee's not right, I think you'll see them try to use. It's going to be, I think it's going to be heavy, heavy Boston Scott because it seems like Kenny Gainwell has just disappeared from this offense. I, I, I wish I knew what he was, was going. He was big late as yeah, the yeah. pass catcher. Yeah, they, they love they him. Were as just, the Giants were giving him. Yeah, yeah. They, they love the dink and dunk. They love, they love using him on third down to hurry up offense. But after that, when it comes to their base personnel, the 12 and everything else, it's like, eh, there. I think you see a lot, if, if you don't have Sanders and you don't have Howard, I think you see a lot of wide receiver screens to Quez Watkins, Devonta Smith. Ugh. Use that as like, the, like almost like the extended zone plays. Yeah, it's, it, they're probably going to get two or three, but they'll try to trade that because I I, I worry about the long term. I, I worry about them continually running the ball with only those two running backs. I mean, I don't know who else you can find out. They probably have to find somebody out there and put them on the practice squad if it's something long term with Sanders or Howard. But I don't even know who's out there to that you feel comfortable. Yeah, Jason with. Huntley. You can't forget. Yeah, Jason Huntley. Huntley. You know what? Yeah. See, the problem is I forgot about him, and it, it, he was yeah. having good. He had a great training camp, and he was a forgotten man. But I, I, even then, I don't. I don't even know if I can rely on like so, so, so. He flashed in practice. Like, not, not one too, but he, he has a lot of skill. But I don't even know that one. So I think you see a lot of wide receiver screens, a lot of tight end screens. I wouldn't be surprised to see that too using a uh, Goddard. But I think San. I think for for the Eagles' sake, when it comes to at least making the game comfortable next week, they'll need Sanders back in order. To, to continue the run game. If not, that and RPOs, I think you may have received a late back to that stuff again, and that's going to be – we shouldn't now, have com- – complicating <laughs> that, Chris, I think a lot of people think about injuries. They think about, okay, he's going to play in this game. He's not going to play in this game. 
you know, is Jack Driscoll, how healthy is Jack Driscoll, blah, blah, blah. Jalen Hurts got banged up in that game. Yep. Hurt his ankle on the sack, clearly was limping. What, what, he's going to be able to play. We know that. He's got to tape up the ankle. What if the mobility is not there and that eight rushes for 77 yards is off the table? He's got to become uh, more of a stable presence. The mobility is affected. Can this team even run the way they're they're set up right now? Can they run an offense without his mobility? I think so. I think it. it I think you won't see as many. Uh, I don't think you'll see as many shotgun looks because if he's really limited, he saw the zone read. And, I, and this is another thing I wonder if teams are going to start doing now because like the Giants, because technically when he's doing the zone read action, he becomes a runner, and the Giants were taking some hits at him. And to me, like. It, and you don't want to see this happen with a quarterback. To me, it looked like when once he was, it's like it's like his ankle was affecting him. And once he was in the pocket, and he had to throw, he knew he could like he wasn't able to roll around. He that's when I thought he looked he, he threw his best. I, I don't know if it's something where he thinks where he's constantly thinking I got to run or I have to make this move here or there. And then oh wait, I have to throw the last second and then try to throw something that affects accurate. I don't know if he plays everything off of that, but that's what it just seems like. And. I think if he really is, that really does hurt him more. I think you put him more on the center. You look more traditional offense, hand the ball off to the Scott, running a, running the traditional between the tackles. He's when it comes to at least when it comes to run game, and just hope you hope that is enough to bite him. But I, I think there's other ways you can make up that 77 yards. I think it just has to be through the air and him in the pocket. He's gotten better. Not yesterday. I mean, yesterday, because to me, like yesterday when he was rolling out, that's when he had got his worst issues. But I think him in the pocket, overall, he's gotten better. And I think, who knows, maybe that's going to be a better thing for him, especially if you look at that last drive. Who knows? Yeah. All right, Chris, after yesterday's performance, sorry to say the conversation is reopened as to Jalen Hurts in the future. Um, we were trending toward, hey, this is our guy. It looks like he's going to not only be here this year, but next year, and don't know about a decade, but at least for 2022, we know it's going to be Jalen Hurts. You throw three picks and don't throw for 200 yards, and you make the mistakes that you made, everybody's going to question you again. I think he is the perfect guy to deal with that. I think he's got the perfect temperament. I don't think he lets these issues get inside his head at all. It's not a question of what's between the years with Jalen Hurts. It's just the overall talent level and his ability to throw the football. But does it affect anybody else on the team? Is there anybody of his teammates that go, oh, now we got to deal with the Jalen question again. Is Jalen good enough? Is Jalen going to be our future guys? Is there anyone else who said that it could get in? I don't think it's going to get in the quarterback's head, but it could have an ill effect on anybody else on this roster. I don't think so. I think if if he has another game like he had, Against the Jets, another one. I think you start to see some of the receivers murmur a little bit, like, "Hey, you're affecting my stats. What's going on here?" But I don't even think that's going to even happen. I think, I think he has a stranglehold, at least as one when it comes to a leadership wise. I think they really. I think a lot of people bought have bought into him, and I don't. I don't really. I truly don't think that's going to be that. The only people you have to work. I think if I'm hurt, you worry about is the front office. That's the only people thinking you're worried about. But even then, you just. Tune, I think he tunes them out personally even begin with hearing all this stuff and all these leaks and rumors popping up. So I, I think he'll, I think he'll be fine. I, and I think, I don't think, I think his teammates are going to be fine with him. They're going to chalk it up. They're, 
you hear everybody we saw with Rager and Scott, and I think anybody else is going to take fit. No, I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. It was all my fault. It's my fault. And they'll just use that. But unless he has another game like this, especially against the Jets, where he throws three interceptions and has a QB rating like 16, 17, 18 around that area, then that's when I think everybody goes, man. Then you start, you may hear a murmur, uh, a murmur, I think, even then, a murmur from Prime May receiver. Other than that, I think everybody's fine on there. All right, last one for me, Chris, and read uh, Chris Franklin's work at NJ.com with her buddy Mike Kay. They do a great job covering the Eagles. They were obviously in North Jersey yesterday to see a disaster that it became. But in honor of what I'm going to call Jody Mack week as the biggest Jets fan, the most famous <laughs> Jets fan I know. I don't know Larry David, so I'm going, I'm going Jody Mack. Uh, in honor of Jets week, I, I want to get some optimism. Who played well yesterday for the Eagles? Who, who do you look at and say, you know what? Mostly defense, I would assume. Derek Barnett. Yes, and that's where I was yeah, going. You know, I nope. wanted to I, I was, I was going to go there. <laughs> he me, the biggest Derek yes. Barnett hater in the world. That's to acknowledge. He did a pretty good job. Yeah, that's where I was going. Way, yeah, yeah, way to go, yeah, 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 yeah. He did. He did very. I mean, between he was good. He, he, he good. between that, he he. First off, when it came to the mental errors, he didn't commit any of those. When it came to penalties, nothing that hurt the team. Nothing. I don't think he had one. Nothing that hurt the team on that one. The thing I was really worried about is, especially on knowing that I mentioned earlier the Giants were trying to find something to spark their offense. And when it comes to reverses, I thought they were going to try something back. So he stayed at home, played his played his rules, stayed at home, and he stopped. They didn't let anything get outside of him. And he created consistent pass rush. I thought overall that this has been one – I know they have the fat heads inside the uh, indoor practice yeah. facility for the players of the week. I thought yeah. – I think we, when we were talking – I think we were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, For one week. Denver. Maybe Denver. Yeah, the Denver week. Yeah. He – if they won the game, his fat he would he played well enough to earn another fat head up there. He was that he's in my opinion he was the Eagles defensive player of this week, and it's a shame. Did they, because, did they give one out every week, win, lose, or draw, or no, only on the win? Just win. Just win. Just win. Just win. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I I thought they would have had a lot. We probably would have saw a bunch of other offensive linemen when they came to the offense because they ran over for over two hundred. Yeah. But Derek Barnett would Derek Barnett would firmly be planted and. I, and I've been rough on him too. I, I've been pointing to say, hey, you know what? He, he needs to sit down. He, he's costing you wins. He's costing you yards. He's putting you in bad positions. And 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 that's the infuriating part because you see when he's really going, he looks like he deserves an extension because of all the stuff he can do. We know about we we heard about the bend and what he can do. He broke Reggie White's record in the past, but we haven't seen it consistently. When he's on and he's healthy, we get efforts like that. What we saw on Sunday, so. Knock on wood, like hopefully he doesn't get hurt again too, hurt again too. But if he plays at this level, he gives you reasons to be optimistic about this defensive line. It's it just adds another dynamic to it. Well, I like to will acknowledge that Brandon Graham played. Uh, excuse me, uh, Dark Barnett played well yesterday. Tough for me to do, but he did. He, <laughs> he, he played a stout game against the run yesterday. Anybody talk to Brandon Graham? Is there? Is he coming back this year? Next year? Ever yeah. again? Oh, oh, yeah. We put the Eagle uniform on again. I well, Brandon joked. Uh, saw him obviously rehabbing. Uh, you know, this was one. I, I you were probably there, Chris. When I don't know if you saw Brandon come out, but he joked. 
when the Eagles were struggling and bought me one more year. Right near the car. It was yeah. near the car. I think it was near the yeah, car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, it was that I think you, you won't see him this year. I think uh I think he'll be ready for next season. I, I think he'll be next season by uh training camp, stuff like that. I think that's gonna be the case. I'm more concerned about Brandon Brooks because Yeah, something weird is going on there. Yeah. I can't and, explain. And that. oh by the way, Brandon Graham's gonna be back next year. Yeah. What he may have dodged a bullet was and I remember doing a show with our boy Barrett Brooks on WIP years ago. Uh, a holiday show, right? Like right before Christmas from a, a bar somewhere in Center City. And I asked him about uh, the Eagles' left tackle, Jason Peters. And I said, will the Eagles ask him to take a pay cut this year? Well, he goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> if they ask him, he's going to go, yeah, I'll take a pay cut. Thank you very much. There's no way the Eagles are going to ask him to take a pay And guess yeah. what? Barrett was right. They didn't ask him to take oh, a pay yeah. cut. And he came back again. And he came back again. Same thing with Brandon Graham. They can call him into the office and go, Brandon, we, we got some cap flexibility. We can do something. We can build this team. We're going to need to restructure your contact. <laughs> you know I what? saw the pass rush on this team last year. You want me to take a pick on? Yeah, he's going to be here either way. He wasn't going to get cut, but he doesn't have to sweat the whole, let's talk about restructuring your deal thing. He's going to get every penny he was scheduled to get. And you know what's funny you mentioned? Because now I can picture that. Because we know Brandon Graham likes to call you by Fat Boy. I see right now in, yeah. in the Howie's office, go, listen, Fat Boy, I'm not giving up on your cent right now. <laughs> you know how he loves to call you by Fat Boy. Listen, yeah. Fat Boy, I'm not giving up a cent right now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, 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 he, he's one of – there are certain guys in your franchise you need around, certain icons. I mean, we saw – we were there. We saw Strahan's number retired yesterday. Yeah. Certain guys you just don't do that. So you have to treat lack, – lack of better words, but you do have to treat them with respect. And – I think you can't. You can't. By the way, that was a little weird. That that play at the end of the half, Chris. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the Eagles went ninety-two yards. They needed to go the ninety-third. I thought it was Michael Strahan's number was ninety-two. A little ghostly apparition Ooh. creates there. Come on, you're in conspiracy theories out there. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Was that John uh, Jonathan Frake series? Is like all the weird stuff was going on for it. Ninety-two. Yeah. We'll never know. Michael Strahan. The ghost of Michael Strand, but he was there. Wasn't yeah. it? Good? Yeah. It seemed to me like Jalen Hurts was trying to throw that pass into the gap between Strand's feet. Bad idea. Not a good idea, Jalen. Uh, Chris Franklin always brings insight and info when he comes on. Brought yucks today, too. We thank you much for that, Mr. Franklin. We will have you on again soon enough. If you like Chris Franklin's uh, mox uh, turtleneck, hit the like button right now. I know you don't like me and McMullen because we're telling you the truth today. Uh -huh. But Franklin was funny, and he's got a great mock turtleneck on. <laughs> so hit the like button here on Birds 365. Chris, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks, bud. Thank you Thanks, guys Chris. very much. Appreciate it. Have a good one. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You... 
could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Magamac guys here on Birds 365. Yes. We will lead up to the Jet game on Sunday. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Jason Cole joining us tomorrow, uh, one of the more fun guests we have. He's usually good for a little humor, too, which we got out of Chris Franklin today, which yeah. I absolutely love. Um, I saw Glauber yesterday, by the way. Did you? Yeah. He's like, oh, sorry for playing up the shtick. I know you guys want me no, to be serious. No, he's good. What I'm like, I, what do you mean? I want you yeah, to be he's serious. He's a Philly guy, right? Yeah, yeah I never want. I ne- I never want you to be serious. I I don't know why he said that, but there you go. No, by the way, uh, someone uh, hit us up on the stream next year. Jason uh, Brandon Graham, a uh, free agent. No, Brandon Graham is signed for next year. And oh, by the way, he's one of those guys that they did the restructured deal on. So when they move away from Brandon Graham, oh, it's going to be costly. Because they've got all those four years added on to the back end of his contract that are avoidable. But, no, he's going to be here next year. They're just not going to be able to say, can we do the whole re- – if there is a restructuring of Brandon Graham's contract again, believe me, it's going to help Brandon Graham, not the Philadelphia Eagles. They'll be able to move money into future years, but he's going to get that much more in guaranteed money going forward, even though he contributed zippity doo dah this year. Because of the injury, oh no, he he's gonna be yeah, here. He's gonna be part of the that's, that's the one thing. Yeah, he's a, he's under contract. That the one thing, and he's got a huge dead cap hit, uh, something like twenty seven million. If the Eagles wanted to move on, um, which 
they they probably don't. So that's number one. Uh, you know, if any team has proven they're willing to give up dead money, it's the Eagles, though. So you do have to add that in the equation. He's probably got four voidable years on top of that as well. That's that's what Howie's been doing: voidable years, voidable years, voidable years. Um, and you know, people say. I wouldn't worry. I I say this all the time. I wouldn't worry about the salary cap and Howie Roseman. Don't worry about it. He's pretty good at finagling his way around it, is your point. And I yeah. think you got that one nailed. All right, uh, brother. Uh heading down to do, uh, listen to the coach today. Uh yeah, uh coach two forty five today. Mondays are, are scheduled Zoom. for two forty five. Because they don't always yeah, hit exactly when they say no, it's going to hit. Uh Mondays are Zoom only, which is good. I okay. like I like Mondays. Mondays are Zoom only. Well, then feel free to Zoom your life away with Nick Sirianni uh, in a couple hours and then Zoom back in with us tomorrow here on Birds 360. We'll be back. Optimism. Jets week. Jody Mack week. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> we'll figure it out over the next four days. We are right you back the here. game, by the way? Real quick. We'll talk I, about this during the week. I am planning as of right now to go to the game. You know, I got to be on the air at six o'clock. Um, and my daughter and I are probably going to go up to the game. We're probably going to have a hard out that we've got to get out of there and believe we're going to beat the Jersey Turnpike. Otherwise, I'll be late on the air for CBS Sports Radio on Sunday. But the game plan as of now is to be in the stands for Jets Eagles on Sunday. All right. Now it's more excitement, more pageantry than I even imagined. And, oh, by the way, I got better seats than you. I'm sure. Um, they're actually not. I sit in the end zone. Second level, like the first row of the second level, um, right, almost right between the goalposts. So it's almost lot like watching the All-62 tape. You can see certain things develop. Now there are certain things you can't see if they're going in for a touchdown at the other end. Yeah, I got no idea whether the guy broke the plane to the goal line or not. But you do get to get a different view on it. So I will bring that to the table next week. But we got to get through this week first. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, back with you in 22 hours here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.